Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani, Mad Shaman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me, my darlings, for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini. The show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, how many martinis does Pelosi drink before breakfast? Do the people realize their government is evil, corrupt, and reckless? Will the Nancy bot become grief-stricken if Taiwan runs out of General So's chicken? Money laundering, lies and vice, but it all comes with a drink and a side of rice. Deeply dysfunctional, bizarre little world. If this is your first visit with us, a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, however, this show is not politically correct because we do not wish to erode the intellect. We don't buy into any of that woke crapaganda like uh, critical race theory or pick a gender or any of that stuff. We do, however, value common sense, common decency and common courtesy. And above all, my darlings, we believe America has a sacred purpose. And that purpose would be to prevent a Luciferian globalist takeover of our realm. As always, we try to present these ideas with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. And generally, we're not that successful, not 100% successful, but we are on a bound to give it our best shot. And you know what? On this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, where the Holy Spirit meets distilled spirits, we do love the odd shot. Yes, we do. In fact, I'm going to test today's carefully crafted cocktail, and I'm doing this, my darlings, for your benefit. So don't go away. Let me have a little sippy poo of my drinky poo, and I'll be right back. Oh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. We'll talk a little bit more about the cocktail later on in the show. You know, I, for one... And I'm not the only one, but I, for one, have talked about this dark new world order agenda for decades. I've presented countless 101 and 102 and 103 level presentations on the subject. I've warned people to see beyond the carefully crafted rhetoric, to think for themselves and not assume that media dispenses the truth because that couldn't be any further from the truth. Um, and yet... Gosh, here we are, August 2022, and peeps are running around like headless chickens, screaming. They're screaming. They're going, oh, my God, oh, my God. They want to put farmers out of business and take over the food supply. Really, darlings? Uh, you didn't hear us crying about that 20 years ago? Oh, my God, oh, my God. They want to ban people from growing their own food. Oh, my God, oh, my God. My nine-year-old daughter came home from school today and said, Mommy, my teacher says having girl parts doesn't make me a girl. And if I want to be a boy, she will be my new mommy. Mm. I warned about dark rituals, although I was warned against it. I... Who cares what anybody else thinks? I'll do what I damn well please, thank you. I'm an American now. 
I warned about these dark rituals involving child sacrifice and drinking human blood and eating human flesh. And people said, Arnie, you're delusional. You're making this shit up. And I'm not, you see, because I know this stuff happens. There is no doubt in my mind. And yet, here we are today, watching people openly promote cannibalism. I warned about the plan to eliminate cash in favor of a state-controlled digital-only currency, and Peep said, oh, Arnie, that will never happen. Oh, really? Guess what? Can't you see they're pushing for it big time? I warned about the plan to eliminate all and any private property, all private holdings, and to round us up and place us in smart cities where our every move could be monitored, where our food and drink intake would be monitored, and probably how much we are allowed to poop would be monitored. People scoffed. They're very good at scoffing. This planet is full of scoffers. And yet, guess what? Plain view, loud and clear, Dark Lord and Luciferian minion Klaus Schwab openly declares, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And by happy, he means you will be so medicated, you won't know the difference. Clearly, there's a pattern here of people that are eliminating or attempting to eliminate all that is sacred, all that is wholesome, or that could be considered holy. And I could go on, and I generally do. But as the meme says, this is the tail end of the longest, saddest, and most unsatisfying I told you so in the history of mankind. My darlings, we are in the midst of a great war, one of light versus dark. And while I have no doubt the light will overcome, of course it will, because all is light. Darkness is an error in perception, isn't it? A misalignment. But watching the insane level of Im immaturity on this planet, it's been perplexing, and at times it has been very, very painful. Perhaps you've had a situation in your life where you've been the only sober person, and yes, that does happen to me, the only sober person in a room full of inebriates. That's what it feels like to be awake and aware in a realm populated by the woke, the poked, the face cloaked and the easily provoked. Ooh, Arnie, that sounded a lot like a judgment call. Um, you know, I don't think it was because it really depends on how you say these things and what the intention behind them is. It's a statement of fact, in my opinion. I don't set out to demean people. I am me and you are me and we are all together. So why would I do that? That would be a judgment call if I insulted you. But no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm calling people out on their behavior because it's my job. I didn't come to earth to sit back and watch people set themselves on fire because some television twat in a white coat scared the poop out of them. I love this planet. I care deeply for our collective ascension into the new golden age. And guess what, darlings? I will not stand by and be idle while power-hungry sociopaths turn manifestations of cosmic energy into feeble-minded brainwashed automatons begging for scraps under a fully laden table, a table furnished with riches made by the blood, sweat, and tears of the aforementioned feeble-minded automatons who started life out as unlimited cosmic space adventurers. How do we turn this around? How? Well, we have to find the courage to go beyond our conditioning. That's all it takes. We have to dare to entertain a different perspective or the ego will keep us in its narrow confines, barefoot, in debt, wallowing in mediocrity, afraid of our own shadows and believing and obeying all orders, no matter how ridiculous, that are broadcast from the big and getting bigger everyday magic screens on our living rooms. You know, peeps, um, <clears throat> at this point, 
aware as I am of the big picture and as well connected as I am in certain sectors, I have no idea of the details of how this will actually play out. I mean, yes, light Trump stock, pun intended, but how long will it take? I don't know. Will we see decades of war before we eliminate the machinery of deep state ideology? Or will the white hats in the military decide it's now or never and we'll deal with the fallout as it presents itself? Now, I realize I don't have any say in any of this. Um, I, I think that's a shame because it would all be over by now, by the way, if I was in charge of the world. But there must be a reason God did not put me in charge of the world. I'm all for the direct approach. I say, let's take these sociopaths and their servants out and show the world the horrors that have been hidden in plain view for so many years. The people, oh, they're not ready, they're not ready. The people will never be ready to see such atrocities. So it's a moot point. I say, do it anyway. Execute the globalist overlords and their servants. I mean, yes, arrest them, try them, go through the motions, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what, what, what are you going to do with evil? What are you going to do with crimes against humanity? Give somebody a suspended five-year sentence and put a bracelet on their ankle? I don't think so. Present the evidence to the public. Why don't we present the evidence to the public? Explain to them what happened and why it happened. What happens to a realm when its denizens are distracted by shiny, useless trinkets and trivia? Now, okay, my friends in the military... They're very quick to tell me that is not a good course of action, Missy, because it would collapse society. And, well, we, the military, they say, we don't have enough people to deal with that. Okay, I can see that. But, okay, just a hypothetical question. Why does the military have to deal with it? Why does it have to be contained? Just give it some thought. Just, you know, free flow with that a little bit. Why does everything have to be managed? I mean, the reason we're in this mess right now is because every aspect of our lives is controlled and managed by the deep state, the machinery of deep state, all based on lies, power grabs, and highly sophisticated blood-curdling blood magic. Oh, yes, my darlings, there is such a thing. All of us, we're all sitting on a giant putrid cyst and it needs to be lanced and it will hurt and it will smell. And for people who have no idea they're living in a lie, it will be an almighty shock. But sometimes a little shock therapy is just what a society needs because this society is under a spell, an actual spell. Today, we call such things mass formation hypnosis. And that's a very good term for it, actually. But the spell was written by deep state perceptual engineers. And it was cast by those ever faithful deep state ass kissers, the assortment of gutless wordsmiths and failed English majors passing themselves off as journalists and newsmen. My darlings, do you know who has the power to win this war? It's we the people. We are the majority. Read your Dr. Zeus books. If we stand up and say no, that's all it takes. We won't buy into your scare tactics. No, we won't. We won't humiliate ourselves for the privilege of buying a bit of food or getting a drink. We won't pay taxes on land we already own. We won't let you license and tax us into poverty. If we can't see by now that big government is a monster, a beast, intent on devouring all personal property and working diligently to deny all sense of soul sovereignty. If we can't see this by now, we are not paying attention. The beast eats up the fruits of our labor and then has the audacity to shit on us and tell us that it's a government handout that we should be grateful for. We're glorious beings. Why would we want to become NPCs, non-playing characters? 
you know, someone who has no free will and is programmed to obey the matrix. Why would anyone want no other purpose in life than to feed the beast and contract consciousness? It is not a natural vibration for individualized manifestations of source energy. It's a corruption, a very serious error in coding, a departure from the original, a departure from what was pure, correct. So let's sum up the situation right now. Oh, that drink is getting to me now. Okay, right, back on track. The globalists, the globalist sociopaths are running the world because they have turned people into weak-minded automatons, slaves unto the system, minions of the dark matrix. The good guys have the means to step in and conduct a massive intervention. One of their main concerns is that society will collapse because we have become weak-minded automatons and learning the truth will unhinge us to such an extent as to turn us into wild-eyed zombies, stomping all over creation, looking for and asking for brains, 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 because clearly we stopped using our own brains long time ago. Okay, kids, what is the common factor here? Let's have a think while I have a little sippy poo of my drinky poo. Oh, that is fruity. Common factor, anyone? Yeah, well done. Bada bing, bada boom. Yes, mastery over our minds. One group has got our minds. They have become the masters of our minds. The other group can rescue us, but they don't think we have enough mind left to be able to control the fallout of the rescue. This is deeply dysfunctional. So mastery over our minds, that has to be our focus. If we don't run our minds, someone else will. So achieving mastery over mind has to be our primary project. How simple was that? <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, darlings, I'm still um, still a little touch of pneumonia there, which is why I missed the last podcast. So, you know, incarnations, they're not spectator sports. We didn't come here to blindly follow the crowd and make all the safe noises. What a waste of our sovereign souls that would be. I don't know about you, but I projected myself from the ethers onto a physical realm to enjoy all its pleasures, to engage in the expansion of consciousness, to bring cosmic illumination, to break barriers and set new limits. Huzzah! And instead of fulfilling our purpose, we've allowed fear to fill every cell of our being. Don't bend the knee. Don't bow your head. Don't bite your lip. You are obeying selected, not elected officials, whose sole purpose is to remain in power long enough to amass great wealth while talking out of their asses and chuckling like possessed Victorian dolls as the people fall for their lies year after year. I mean, come on, people. All they can hear is ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Left wing, right wing, it doesn't mean a thing. Thieves and liars, don't treat them like kings. They think they can best us, want to rule and arrest us. They think they are gods, but I don't see their halos. Let's round them up and march them to the gallows. Some say that's unkind and that hanging is too tough. But I say this, my friends, evil can't be dead enough. Well, my cocktail sort of spawned a spontaneous little rap there. I should work on that. Hmm. Maybe next time I go down to Roseburg, I'll, uh, my little musician friend, Rick, he might work on that with me. We'll see. Well, you know what? That's my pontificating for the day. And I think that's enough. I mean, you know, I say the same thing a hundred ways from Sunday, a hundred different ways. And that's just my job. And eventually I'll say it in a certain way that will resonate and everybody or the majority will understand the corruption, and they will understand the corruption of their minds. And that's really all I have an investment in, is being as clear and articulate as possible to give people as much access to this information. Um, what they do with it, not really my concern, because I have no control over that. 
I can only control what I put out, not how it's received. So, having said that's enough pontificating from me today, we should get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. But before we get stuck into the juicy bits, let me take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Mystical Wares, Mount Vernon, Washington. Dedicated to exploring both the known and the unknown, then helping provide the products and tools to expand your reach. Mystical Wares has a large and varied inventory and is the perfect spot for people who value illumination over indoctrination and for people who know the difference between propaganda and ashwagandha. If you are experiencing spiritual stasis, head to Mystical Wares, Mount Vernon's metaphysical oasis. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. And jolly nice people they are too, and very good at packing your product, which is something I especially appreciate. All right, now we can get on with the show. And on today's show, we have, I have no idea what we have, um, but we do have questions, answers, and comments, quack, because that's the meat of the show. We also have tarot a go go and i think we have a poem and if we have time some weird and wacky tidbits from the anus of history and if i can fit something else in there i will but let's just see how it goes oh and of course my darlings there is the favorite part of my show <clears throat> the cocktail of the day all right well let's move on to quack Questions, answers, and comments, the very reason we started this show, to hear the musings and confusings of you, the people. If you would like to share the contents of your fabulous minds on this groundbreaking behemoth of a show, send your emails to me, arnie at arnieavidician.com, or by snail mail to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, United States of America, the beautiful. And should your comments be selected for airing, let me know, please, if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. And that is just not very polite. So, drinky-poo time. Oh. I really should be, I'm drinking this a lot. Um, I shouldn't be drinking this fast, but I'm, I have such a sore throat. I probably should have water instead of the cocktail. But, you know, we'll just keep drinking and see how the show goes. Okay, let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Shaky, 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 shaky. Woo! Okay, let's grab this. Why not? So our first question comes from Randy who says, Arnie, yes, Randy, I like gin. Oh, good man. Um, and Randy says, do you have an idea for the perfect summer cocktail using gin as the main ingredient? I want something I can share with my lady friends. Woohoo! So something elegant is best. Well, Randy, surprise, surprise, I do. I have several, actually, but a classic summer recipe that would be a French, um, uh, I probably shouldn't have stopped with a French, that would be a French 75 champagne cocktail. That's what I'm trying to remember. A French 75 champagne cocktail. It's simple, it's elegant, it's quite tasty. And I'm assuming you're only going to have one female friend at a time there to entertain. So here's the recipe uh, for two cocktails. Get a quarter of a cup of gin, plus a couple of extra tablespoons of gin, plunk it into a cocktail shaker, along with three tablespoons of freshly squeezed lemon juice and three tablespoons of simple syrup. You put that all in the cocktail shaker and then fill the cocktail shaker two thirds or three quarters of the way up with ice. Then put the lid on top of the, the shaker and shake until it is very, very chilled. And that takes about 20 seconds. Go ahead then and strain the cocktail into two champagne glasses and top them up with brute champagne. Add a twist of lemon peel if you're feeling fancy. And I assure you, Randy, um, hopefully, well, I know that your lady friends will enjoy this, but 
hopefully it will make them randy too so enjoy my man um and have a great life Okay, let's take another question now, and uh, let's see. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, oh, this is from Opal in St. Joseph, Missouri. I've been to St. Joseph, Missouri. It was a nice little town. I assume it still is. Um, if you visit St. Joseph's as a tourist, you should stay at the Whiskey Mansion. It's a lovely little boutique hotel. All right. Um, what does Opal want? Okay, Opal says, we all know someone whose behavior we consider to be unrealistic or even reckless. We say, well, someday this will catch up with them, they'll be sorry. The person of concern oftentimes is going about their life unaware of this concern. It could be someone who smokes, drives too fast, takes too many pharmaceuticals, or spends when they should be saving. However, some smokers live long lives. Some fast drivers never get tickets or cause accidents, and some pill poppers' health seems to thrive. There are scare tactics about how our monetary system is collapsing. We should make this or that investment. Banks are a dangerous place to keep one's money, blah, blah, blah. And Opal carries on. If I feel I'm always provided for, and let the chips fall where they may. Am I being a Pollyanna or should I get my act together and do something concrete? There is no shortage of opinions on what to do, certainly. If I'm unconcerned by the fear porn, am I delusional? Am I a Pollyanna? There are many nuances to this question. Since we're in an information war and I'm not sure where to draw the line, um, I'm just asking you on your opinion, Arnie, trust versus delusion. <clears throat> All right, Opal, um, I, I think I got the gist of your letter. I'm just sort of reading it very quickly again, just to be sure. So a Pollyanna is by dictionary definition, um, someone who is characterized by irrepressible optimism and a tendency to find good in everything. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that per se. And in today's world, however, we tend to think of such a person as being naive, you know, or being as naive as they are optimistic in equal parts. Um, so, okay, I've got the gist of your question. Trust in all that is versus delusion of what ha what is happening in the world. I think the trick is to be aware of current events and trends and to consider multiple points of view before you know deciding on a course of action. I don't like the Pollyanna approach of la 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 it's not happening I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, it seems to work for some people but it wouldn't work for me. I say don't ignore the crazy all around you because you know don't block it out. But you don't have to engage with it in any meaningful way. You just have to observe it. And you want to vibrate above it. You want to be aware of it, but you don't have to link to it. It's some reality that's being pushed in the matrix. You need to be aware of that, but you don't have to buy into it and live your life within that reality. So I, I guess what I'm saying now is um, my question to you is, which do you identify with more? Is it your connection to source creator I am? Eternal, adaptable, ever expanding, uh, committed to illumination and the only part of you that's real? Or is it your connection to the material world? Unstable, fickle, not designed to see the common man thrive and currently controlled by darker forces. In other words, the delusion. So I guess I can't stress this enough. Align yourself with source. Align your mind with divine mind. A vantage point high above the petty dealings of the material realm will give you clarity when dealing with earthly matters. The ego has a mission to sidetrack us whenever it can. The minute doubt creeps in, so does the ego. And ego cannot exist in one who has mastery over mind. So make alignment your focus, 
and you will make sensible decisions. Make alignment your focus and you will be able to trust those gut feelings because your connection to source refines your intuition. When we're on a spiritual path, I'll just add this, when we're on a spiritual path, we do really, really well for a while and then all the doubts creep in. That's the ego going, oh my God, I'm dying. This woman is killing me. I don't have a place in her heart, in her mind, in her body energy anymore. And so it's going to come at you with a vengeance and say, all that God stuff is all pretty cool, um, Opal. But, oh my God, do you see what's happening with the Ukrainian money? Do you see what's happening with the Indian money? Do you see what's happening with the ruble? Do you see what's happening with the euro? Well, all those things are going to happen. They're pre-programmed things that are happening. You probably don't have a lot of control over that. But what you do have control is your mind. So connect with divine mind and see what's going on all around you. And then make the decision that seems to be the most sensible for you. And every time your ego comes up to bring these doubts and stick them up your nose, pat it on the head and say, thank you. Thank you for reminding me that I'm actually winning this war with you and let the ego dissolve. So, hope that helps. Let's take another. Let's take another, uh, another little missive from the fishbowl of a perpetual perplexity. And let's see what we've got here. This is from Joe Ellen, who lives in Vermont. And Joe Ellen asks, Arnie, what would happen if we all decide not to pay our income taxes? <laughs> How would the IRS deal with that? <coughs> oh, Joe Ellen, um, I would love to see that happen because, I mean, when you say all, I mean, you, you, the majority, say the majority of Americans can't pay their taxes, don't want to pay their taxes, decide that, you know, there's something wrong with paying taxes. Well, the IRS can't deal with that, can they? If 300 million plus taxpayers decided en masse to withhold taxes, which many believe are illegal, or even better not to file taxes, just to completely ignore the IRS, how could they deal with it? Well, they could write a whole bunch of letters. They could send demands for payment. Uh, but how would they collect? Do they have the manpower to issue liens on all of our properties, uh, assuming, you know, you have a property? I imagine it would collapse the IRS, which, of course, in my opinion, should be collapsed along with the Federal Reserve. Joellen, hopefully on the other side of this, when we have small government and much more local control, we will abolish income tax and come up with a fair and workable system. I will say the longer I live, the more libertarian my ideals become. We have allowed these organizations to destroy our lives, to completely destroy our lives. We gave them permission to do so. And we did it in return for a few shiny baubles and a pathetic return on our investment, which we call social security. And you know darn well they're gonna come for that too if we let them. You see, we don't need them what, what does the IRS do? Fund wars? Certainly doesn't fix potholes in your county. It certainly doesn't fix the infrastructure of America, because all of that is money laundered out through the military, isn't it? We don't need them. They need us. They need us, all the little human hamsters dancing away on the treadmill of life, struggling to make ends meet in a world designed to ensure those ends are placed as far from each other as possible. Joellen, the destruction of the IRS. What a lovely thought. Thank you for sharing it with us. I think that deserves a little. Yes, indeedy. All right, darlings, what else is in our fishbowl? Let's shaky shaky and pick one. What do we got here? Ooh, this is an actual, oh, hello. Ah, uh, this is from Vape Queen. <laughs> Where do you people pick these names? Um, this is from Vape Queen who asks, Arnie, 
What is your everyday go-to incense for house clearings? Do you use the same one for every situation or do you have different blends for different situation? Um, different situations. I have just started learning about rituals and I am interested in learning more. Well, good for you, Vape Queen. Um, let's see. I use different blends for different situations, certainly. And I confess, I have about 30 types of incense in my kit at any given time. But I advise starting with the basics. And by that, I mean having two, maybe three base blends to which other aromas can be added. Now, my Armenian background um, was immersed in frankincense and myrrh. So I use frankincense and myrrh quite a lot. And I have three grades of each. Uh, my everyday workhorse blend, which is a B plus grade, lovely for most situations. I have my A minus blend for most of my rituals and for, you know, a little extra oomph for the icky clearings. And I have my top shelf Oman incense for those oh my god moments and also for very high ritual. Um, so that combination, you know, four parts frankincense, one part myrrh, I call that franken myrtle. I also call it a martini. Um, they can be used alone and often they are, but they can also be used as a base to which other aromas are added. But be aware that good frankincense, I think the best is from Oman and it's very, very expensive. And it doesn't help that the Sultan buys like 90% of it. And good myrrh, I like the Yemen variety, is also expensive. And it's not always good to find, it's not always easy to find the good stuff because, you know, wars in the Middle East and all that. So another good base is plain Mayan copal. Mayan copal comes from Mexico and Central America. There are many varieties, many grades, um, and cheap copal is a lot more forgiving than cheap frankincense, I assure you. So I use a mid-grade opaque copal as a base, and I add darker or sweet white copal as needed, and it smells lovely, <clears throat> and it does the job very, very well. So I would start with those two bases. Now, I would also go out and get some benzoin resin, not the pink variety, because that's disgusting. Um, get the dark gray variety. And I use that for cutting through a lot of embedded ick. It's cheap, it's very effective, and it smells quite nice. You can use it alone, or you can add it to a base, uh, a base blend. Now, Vape Queen, I'm really into incense, so I could go on about this for hours, but I won't today, obviously, because our time is limited. But my advice to you is to purchase, say, small amounts, like sample sizes, of, say, 10 resins at a time. Burn them one by one and take in the aroma. Make notes. <clears throat> How does it make you feel? Ask the resin what it can be used for. You'll be surprised how much information you can receive from the resin. And once you've done that, once you've done them all, you know, individually, you can play around with blending them and then you'll repeat the process. You'll make notes and so forth. And a final note, please learn how to properly use incense charcoal so you don't incinerate your resin and waste it. A very common um, mistake. Um, especially when you're using very high-grade uh, frankincense tears that are very, very expensive, and they need to be warmed as opposed to incinerated. Once you've, uh, you know, you've done all that, my love, and you've grasped, or grasped all the basics, you can learn to make your own incense, and that is deeply satisfying. You know, I used to teach that in the days when we were allowed to hang out together. Um, I should resume my incense classes. They were so much fun. But then along came Schmovid and sucked the fun right out of everyone. You know, I'll give that some thought. But thanks for your question, Queen of Vapes, and I hope you have fun with your aromatic resins. It's one of my favorite things to do, burning incense, blending incense and terrorizing my neighbors with my latest um, smoke bomb. Do we have time for another question? I think we do. I should have a sip of the drinky poo first. My voice is rapidly declining. Hang in voice, only another 20 minutes to go. Ah, mm. oh, ooh, that's nice. Okay, let's pick this one. And this is from a chap called Ron. <clears throat> and Ron asks, Shaman, that's me, 
what course of action would you recommend should the Second Amendment be written out of law? Whoa, written out of law? Oh my God, that is not going to be allowed to happen. Ron, that is a loaded question, pun intended. Only people who see themselves as worthless pawns, food for the parasite elites running this country, would give up their guns. We all know that if we gave our guns away, we would be under new world order dictatorship in no time at all, helpless and at the mercy of the globalist death squads. No one in their right mind would give up their guns, law or no law. And I guess the beauty of the Second Amendment and all it stands for will reveal itself if ever such an attempt is made. We all hope we never have to use our guns to protect our families. We all hope we never have to shoot to stay alive. But I assure you, if someone tried to do that, if someone took that basic and fundamental and very important right away from us, millions of patriots would be out there singing all sorts of protests, you know? I don't know what they'd be singing. What would I be singing? I'd be doing something along the lines of, um, I got a nine millimeter, pew, pew, pew. I got a 45 caliber just for you. My 38 special is shiny and new. It has a red dot, so I can't miss you. <laughs> my Mossberg 940 makes a turkey out of you. My Ruger is the pride of my Plinkers crew. My Springfield St. Victor puts 3556s in you. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go along, by the way. What else, what else do I have in my, in my gun safe? I have a stylish Beretta in case of vendetta. I got shotguns and pistols and rifles and revolvers. I even have some big stuff. I call them problem solvers. And if you're going to say so many guns, what the fuck? I just bought another one, a brand new Glock. So there's your response, darling, from all the patriots in America who uh, are not going to allow the Second Amendment to be written out of law. Because a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall bloody well not be infringed. To all the people out there from other countries, you know, <clears throat> we are not gun nuts. That's media propaganda. Most of us are not even gun enthusiasts. What we are, we are gun rights advocates because we know the only reason a government wants to disarm its people is because it is planning on doing something it deserves to be shot for. And that, my darlings, are the cold, hard facts. If you believe that taking guns away from responsible, well-trained gun owners is going to solve crime, you are naive beyond all understanding, you are useful idiots for the establishment, and quite frankly, a menace to a free society. But Ron's question was, of course, what action would I recommend? Ron, without answering your question, I have answered your question. No recommendations here on live radio, my darling. That would be silly. But I just would say, do whatever you feel is the right thing. And honestly, honestly, who in the heck of Hekistan wants the job of attempting to disarm this American population? No matter how you feel about gun rights, and I'm just going to say it, most of you have no idea what you're talking about, but no matter how you think you feel about it, educate yourselves on the history of disarmed populations. For some of us, great-granddaughters of Armenians massacred during the Ottoman occupation, the Armenian Genocide of 1915. Our populations, our men were disarmed before they were taken into the desert and slaughtered. They took the guns away from the Jews in the Second World War. And we are, these are not the only two genocides in the history of our planet. All you people on your high horses, have a, do something with your brains. Think about it. 
think about what you're saying when you're out there on social media going, I don't care how many times I have to say this, assault weapons should be banned. There's no such thing as an assault weapon, my darlings. You do know that, right? You can assault someone with a frying pan. Does that make it an assault frying pan? Should that be banned when you go shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond? The silliness of today, it's, it's, you know, it's beyond amusing. It has now become deeply disturbing. Thank you, Ron. Now go and uh, clean up all your guns, lube them, put them away, and uh, have fun on the range. Let's take another question, and I think this will be the last question for today. Uh, and this is from Lucy in Manchester, and that's Manchester in the UK, not on the East Coast here. And Lucy says, I have taken to heart your advice, and I'm meditating regularly on the phrase, to thine own self be true. It has changed my life in ways I never thought possible. All the books I read on self-help suddenly mean something. Am I being the real me or am I trying to be accepted by pleasing others? I have wanted to study needlework since I was a little girl. I can visualize embroidery patterns in my head. I feel such a connection when I touch thread. It has always been so. My parents convinced me to get a proper job once I left school. I've worked as a civil servant for 10 years now. I'm not miserable. The pay is decent and my colleagues are nice people. But I can't imagine spending another 10 years here. After last night's prayerful contemplation, I had a revelation of sorts. I have decided to apply to study at the Royal School of Needlework and do my BA there. I will tell my parents once my application is accepted. For the first time in a long time, I feel a sense of peace. Thank you, Ani. Lucy, oh my gosh, that made me so happy. And I am so happy for you. Yes, my darling, to thine own self be true. Be you. Be an original. Because guess what? Everyone else is taken. Thank you for writing. Thank you for sharing your perspective. And, you know, I do hope that uh, you'll drop me a line once in a while and send me photos of your embroidery projects. And to all the martini heads and all the people who wrote in, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the best peeps ever. I love you all. And it's just wonderful to be part of this community. And now, my sweethearts, I don't know if we're going to be able to fit in a lot of stuff, but I know what I do want to fit in. Yes, I'm going to fit in a little pat of poetry. Yes, folks, after a hard day's shamaning, I like nothing better than going home, putting my feet up, having a nice cup of tea or a small drinky-poo, and writing really bad, non-peer-reviewed poetry because the world needs a little light relief from all the corruption and grief. So this is one I wrote, um, you know, when I was having cocktails one day because, you know, I'm like that little guy in Game of Thrones. I drink and I know things. Well, not so much that I know things, but I drink and I write things. So this one... One of my favorites um, is called The Tale of Dinty Moore, A Prepper's Tale of Woe. I do hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> me, 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 me. All right. Thank you very much. Here we go. It was a dark and stormy night in my corner of the Pacific Northwest. I had a craving for filet mignon, but my budget was sorely stretched. My brain was quite unfocused from rice, pulses and grains. I needed meat, real protein, to restore vigour to my veins. I paced the corridor back and forth, evangelising like a modern-day Elmer Gantry, when it suddenly hit me square on the nose. Why not check out your prepper's pantry? Excuse me, a craving is not an emergency, my inner voice dared to suggest. But my health warrants a sense of urgency. I cannot function when depressed and distressed. And so I set off to my preppity room, 
Filled to the brim come the day of deep gloom. Stocked to the gills should life become harder. I can always take refuge in my doomsday larder. Such a variety. It makes my heart tingle. I have real food, but I also have Pringles. Shelf-stable staples, not easy to say, and condiment combos to keep that dreaded food fatigue at bay. I have tinned fruit aplenty and tinned veggies galore, eight types of ramen, though God knows what for, sacks of good flour, more than I'll need. Oh, look, I just found three bags of really good weed. I compliment myself on my choices and variety. When the shit hits the fan, there will be no anxiety. I have white beans and red beans and baked beans and pintos, brown farvas from Egypt, not so good on the nose, coffee and tea and milk that's condensed, a good start to the morning. It's just common sense. With household supplies, I'm embarrassed to say, I could clean the whole block for 1,000 days. I have oils and acids and lots of good soup. I even have tins of those husks that will help you to poop. But searching for meat was my mission that day, the craving for steak that won't go away. There in the corner, behind dehydrated and raw, I spied a box labelled Meat Assorted Dinty Moor. Now, knowing the strangeness of certain parts of our nation, I approach this box with great trepidation. Of packing this box, I have no recollection. Was it an illusion, you know, like Brandon winning the election? But meat was my aim and meat was my goal. I didn't need much, just a small bowl. So box cutter in hand, worth two in the shrubbery, I set out to rescue my taste buds from doldrums and drudgery. I read beef stew with no added preservatives. The label was bold, bright, yet conservative. How bad can it be? I made self-inquiry. I should try a small bowl before its expiry. Look, there's carrots and spuds and gravy in abundance. But opening the can made my high hopes redundant. I confess, I admit, expectations weren't high. But my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Perhaps I am spoiled for I like my meat fresh. But something about it just gave me goose flesh. The packaging portrayed something vaguely appealing. But the contents, oh, they gave me such uneasy feelings. Perhaps, perhaps it gets better if I warm it through. Perhaps it won't look and smell quite like poo. And I could add, yes, I could, I could add hot sauce to give it a zip. Come on, Arnie, be brave, stiff upper lip. So I warmed it out good, really warmed it up good. Tossed in Frank's red hot, if I really need meat, this should hit the spot. And the spot, it was hit, as I choked, puked and spit. I am hardly a wimp, but I know when to quit. Let me share with you all, this is not something edible. And if you enjoy it, I would say your taste buds are not credible. If I were to die before ever again consuming this part of my property, I will give thanks to Almighty God and call it blessed serendipity. The lesson for all to be learned well this day is to taste all the food you have squirreled away. Should the day ever come when this is the last food left in the nation, Dinty, my darling, I will open the hatch and happily expose myself to the radiation. And yes, dear listener, I know the box was labelled assorted, but plans for further exploration. Well, I'm sure you understand. They have been aborted.
<laughs> Not bad, if I say so myself. I hope you enjoyed that. If anybody wants my collection of Dinty Moore, <coughs> you're welcome to it. All right. Well, my darlings, we have a little bit of time yet, but not quite enough time, unfortunately, to do tarot a go-go or to do weird and wacky tidbits from the anus of history. So before I go on to the closing comments, may I just ask you for the favor of going to my website once in a while and checking in to see what's on offer. Those of you who are looking to dissolve the ego, and live a spirit-centered yet fabulous life, why not consider joining my Course in Miracles group? We teach it in a very different way and we combine it with the philosophy of Stoicism. So, you know, go check that out on my website. Also, Cosmic Conversations are still ongoing and on the last Saturday of August, I will be doing a Cosmic Conversation, which is a 101 presentation on mass formation hypnosis. I'll be reviewing the history of totalitarianism and uh, perceptual engineering. Um, and I think it's just very valid uh, subject for today. And if you want to know all about my services, uh, you know, it's all on the website. And why not sign up for my newsletter while you're there? It is, um, it is short, it is sweet, and it is buttery, just like me, and it only comes out once a month, and that will keep you up to date with all of my shenanigans. And my beloved darlings, I am sorry, but I think we're coming up to the end of the show, so I am sorry to say that because I really enjoy this show. It's honestly one of the highlights of my life to join with these wonderful like-minded martini heads and to get your letters, to see what's on your mind. I'm so grateful to, to, to be able to share this time with you. Uh, I really do. I always have a blast to all the martini heads out there who tune in faithfully and who share these podcasts. I thank you so very much. I appreciate your support more than I can say. Um, and as we all know, my darlings, I can say a lot. So I will say that today's real life cocktail was, and wait for it, a classic hurricane. And here's how you make it. You get two ounces of dark rum, two ounces of light rum, one ounce of freshly squeezed orange juice, one ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice. Then you'll get one and a half ounces, which is approximately three tablespoons of passion fruit syrup. Now, don't panic. It is not exotic. Your local liquor store will have it. Uh, there's a brand called Monin, M-O-N-I-N. Just go out and get their passion fruit syrup. And then you're going to also need one tablespoon of grenadine, which is that red stuff in a bottle that is uh, that comes from pomegranates. Um, for a garnish, you're going to want an orange wedge and a cocktail cherry. And remember not to use those cheap and nasty cocktail cherries. Use a brand like Luxardo instead. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to add the dark rum, the light rum, the orange juice, the lime juice, the passion fruit syrup and the grenadine to a cocktail shaker. Then you're going to fill up that cocktail shaker with ice and you're going to shakey shakey until it's cold. 20 seconds, 25 seconds maybe. Then you want to strain it into a cocktail glass and then garnish with an orange web and a cherry. Now, I will say... It's a little too fruity for my taste and a tad sweet. I don't have a sweet tooth, but it is well balanced and it is lovely for a sultry summer evening. And I will just admit to you, I am more than a little buzzed right now. <laughs> now remember folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top shelf ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one good drink is all you need. I'm Oni, Mad Shaman Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, do something for the betterment of mankind. Don't just sit there and complain. Instead of never-ending sob stories, step into your cosmic glory and bring the light back into our realm. And above all, my darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. 
have been listening to the metaphysical martini with Ani Alphadesian, the mad shaman, a production of cosmicreality.com. Thank you.